Hello, here we are, week three and interview three. This week, I'm excited to introduce you to my guests, Beta Radio. They are an incredible indie folk band. Their songs have been featured in prominent playlists like Soft Focus, Afternoon Acoustic, Happy Folk, The Most Beautiful Songs in the World, Calm Vibes, and many more. I got to see these guys in New York, and they passed what I call as the merch test. I know that a concert was extra special when I go and buy merch that I wasn't planning to buy, and I buy it after the show because I want to remember that night. They were doing in New York that night a series called The Living Room Shows, but they were done in actual venues. They had three vintage-looking mics out, a rug on the floor, with a number of instruments on top of that rug, and they were backlit by a table with an antique lamp. It really felt like a living room. I want to read something I wrote from the show as it captures how I felt soon after. Beta Radio, with their music, create a rippling effect of feeling. The details in each sound and lyric of the music is both deep and relatable. The night felt as though Beta Radio transported a room of people to a beautiful living room where none of us were strangers. That band, Beta Radio, consists of Ben Mabry and Brent Holloman. They met at a summer camp and have been making music together ever since. In our interview, they tell me a little bit about their, their story, and we talk about the creation of their first album, Seven Sisters. We talk about how perfect the timing was, as music streaming was just becoming popular around the time of that release. Um, we discuss the music industry and, and beta radio and how each have evolved since then. We talk about what they have been up to recently, including the release of their newest single, Destined to Pretend. We talk about all that and more in this interview. Something I'm really excited about from this interview, though, is I actually get to play some of their music to introduce you to them. Where their first two albums were self-released, they were able to give me permission to play it on the podcast. And so I want to thank you, Ben and Brent, for permission to play this song. And I will let their song, either way, lead us into the ad break. And stay tuned because it's a really fun interview. Love of mine, is this your design? Can we not just take our time? Turn the lights on, but leave the lights low. A second chance to take it slow. Oh, either way, I want to go. Either way, I want to go. Oh, either way, I want to go. Either way, I want to go. I'm with Brent Holloman and Brent and Ben Mabry, sorry, um, of Beta Radio. Um, thank you for joining me on the Road Trip Playlist podcast. How are you both doing? Um, how has quarantine been for been for you? What have you guys been up to? Uh, wow, um, quarantine has been uh, uh, interesting. Yeah, that's a good word for it. <laughs> um, it's it's weird because um, I know that. Some people in the world are like, I mean, I mean, for, for us, this has been weird. And for other people, it's been like devastating. So yeah. it's kind of hard to know how to like talk about it really. But I, I've not, I only know of one person in our town here that, um, that, that has, that, that has like got COVID. Um, so it's not like, like really directly affecting us. Um, yeah. But but it's it's been really honestly it's been really good for uh for songwriting um because it's kind of like there's nothing else to do so there's no there's, there's many less distractions uh, okay 
Yeah, I was wondering that because for me in my own personal writing, I feel like it puts more pressure on me. Like, okay, you have to write, and then I just feel forced, and then I feel stressed, and then I am blocked. Oh, okay, okay. And and so that's very interesting to hear. Um, but yeah, the, one of the main things that came out of quarantine for me was I was just kind of at home, and I wanted, I'm like, I want these interviews to live on. I've, I've interviewed, interviewed both of you in print before. And I want them to live on in kind of an audio medium where I, you can kind of hear um, hear the voice. I think there's a certain thing to it. And so here you are. You guys are you guys are on, and this is this is barely new in the process for me. But it is the road trip playlist podcast because that's where I fell in love with music. Was creating. I was going on a road trip every month, like we talked about last time, and I really fell in love making playlists, and and my music expanded. That's how I discovered you guys who have been on nearly all of my road trip playlists in some form or facet. Uh, um, so, you. so I have to ask you the same question I started out with last time. I did the same question I start out every interview with on this podcast. And what's on your road trip playlist? Uh, the, the, the songs, um, the songs that I am most excited about right now are, um, uh, pretty much all of the old Beatles recordings. I've been listening to those <laughs> a lot recently. And uh there's a band called Bonnie Light Horseman and it's okay. it's um uh Anias Mitchell, I think I'm saying her name right, and um Eric Johnson, I think his name is from Fruit Bats, and then there's another producer. Anyways, it's like a it's like a group of these folk musicians and they're kind of reinterpreting these old, um, you know, 100, 200-year-old songs, 300-year-old songs, like old folk songs from Europe or whatever. Wow. Uh, yeah, and so it's really, it's, they're really good. There's a guy called that I just recently got into, Leif Volbeck, I think. Um, he's a newer musician, and uh, he's got some, some face melters. <laughs> awesome. I'm excited to check those out. What about you, Brent? Um, uh, those two, um, that he mentioned, um, there is a band that I have like fallen in love with lately called, uh, Ken Radson. Okay. Uh, uh, along, along the lines of them, uh, I found them through another band called, um, Jeremy Wormsley. Um, I've been listening to him a lot lately. Um, uh, Henry Jameson has an album that I'm in love with right now. Yeah, that's a good, um, it is good. I've heard that one. Yeah, it's a great album. Um, I think those, those in that type of music right now has been really high on my list of things to listen to. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. Like just as I said, I'm always building those road trip playlists. So this question helps me learn a little bit more about what. Um, other people are listening to as well as find some new music for myself. So, so thank you for that. But, but now I want to, I want to talk about you guys. I want to start by talking about beta radio. Um, I know the story of how you guys kind of came together and started making music, but could you tell a little bit about the story of, of your guys' background? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just pointed to Brent. He pointed to me. Um, <laughs> I, uh, so we, so Brent and I met, uh summer camp. So yeah, summer camp. I was trying to think of how many years ago. Like over twenty years ago, I guess. 
Is that right? 90, was it 98? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Ninety-eight. Um, wow. So, uh, we, yeah, we we met. We met. We went to summer camp, and um, uh, the story I always tell <laughs> is uh, that um, we were in the same cabin, and and I was the uh, uh, or I, I I saw Brent, and he was playing Stairway to Heaven, and I thought this is pretty cool, and we realized we lived in the same town, and um, just started hanging out and writing songs, and then. Uh, we eventually graduated high school and went to college and then came back together years later and, uh, had a batch of songs we really liked, but, um, the, you know, we had never, we had been writing songs on and off for years, but it never like had a proper recording. So we put some money together. We both put together like 500 or 600 bucks and, uh, went to a studio here in our hometown, uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. And, um, Recorded some songs and didn't really, you know, had had no kind of grid for uh, music business anything. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we recorded some songs. And then uh, the first song on the record, either way, was the, the one that, that sort of seemed to, like, propel the record forward. And that was the one that, that was back whenever Pandora was kind of the, the, the go-to listening platform or whatever, at least for yeah. me. Um, and, uh, then that, 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 that song took off and it kind of pointed people to our other music and it was sort of like the impetus for us realizing, Hey, we can, that we should keep doing, going with this, I guess. And so we recorded another record and then it was just kind of like little by little, we were seeing response to this, like responses to the songs. And then, uh, it got on a couple, uh, or, or, or some, some of the songs from our new record in, in either way got on some uh pretty good Spotify playlists and then it was just kinda like off to the races at that point. <laughs> wow. That's so interesting because you were talking about how you didn't know much about the music industry at the time. But also around that time that was twenty ten and like the music industry was evolving from going to streaming. And one of the big benefits for your music was were those streaming platforms and how things really took off when when you weren't knowing exactly how how things were going to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We got in at, at like the right time to actually like experience that switch, um, where we we watched it in real time, month after month, our downloads. Um, our downloads were going down and our streams were going up. And we remember the po- point where they met and crossed. Wow. Um, oh, wow. I hadn't thought about that in years. Yeah. Cause we, 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 would, we were talking about it as it was happening. We're like, once it's coming close to where they're going to met, like they're going to. Oh, uh, wow. I hadn't thought about that in forever. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, yeah, we, we've been, we've been pretty fortunate. I think also we, um, there was like a musical climate back in 2010 um, that I don't think is as popular right now. I think we 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 were doing we were doing sort of like an indie folk thing in the very beginning, and I think we still are to some degree, but it's changed significantly for us. But in the beginning, we were playing that kind of um, yeah, just indie folk music, and that was like the time for indie folk, I think. Um, but also at the same time, I don't really I. Sometimes you think you have your finger on the pulse of what's like hip and, and <laughs> or whatever, and, and so, so I don't I don't even I think there's a space for indie folk now. Certainly, I don't think it's as 
popular as it was back then, but maybe, I don't know, maybe there's, maybe it is. So anyways, yeah, all that to say, I think we were, we were, we were doing the right, like we were doing the right thing in terms of recording and, and releasing songs to be streamed, but also we were playing the kind of music that was like in at the time or whatever. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that? Does that sound right? Um, like, so we, right when we started playing was when, um, uh, me and everybody was asking me and Ben, Oh man, have you guys heard of Mumford and Sons? Oh yeah. Oh, that was, that was like their rise. And so, and we had, the first time I heard Mumford and Sons, we had already put out our first record yeah. and everyone's like, Oh, you guys sound like Mumford and Sons. And I'm like, it's Mumford and Sons. Yeah. <laughs> first, first, the first, very first time I heard Mumford and Sons was at a water park in 2010. <laughs> and, I, and I was thinking, Oh, it, it was like, this, I, had, I had no grid for it. And I was thinking, Oh, these guys sound like us a little bit. Wow. And then, yeah. And then they, you know, it, then they absolutely exploded. So. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's incredible. Sorry. It came up around when, like, when Mumford and Sons was coming up, and so like, and, and Fleet Foxes and all those guys were, were like, you know, coming, coming into their own. Or, or yeah, or they were, they were like exploding, and yeah, and so, um, and so one of the things is we realized, oh gosh, this is sort of a trend we want to be careful not to get into. Um, and so, uh, uh, just for the fact of not wanting to, um, be in the middle of a trend, um, we, we didn't want to follow any trends because if you follow a trend, it's, it's here today and going tomorrow. We were trying to write as much like timelessness as we could without falling into a, a trend, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, kind so. of shaped their sound a little bit. Yeah, we, what, yeah, we, in the we, early days. I guess I think earlier we were, we were a little bit. We we were very intentional to not, or, or to do our best to not write to not write what was trendy, but just was what felt like it was kind of coming out of us, as it were. And now it's kind of like, honestly, I don't even. I think on this record, it's really exciting because I, I don't I don't even think about that anymore. It's more just like like I feel like there's way less rules that we are imposing on ourselves, um, and so we're we're just writing whatever we want to as opposed to as opposed to thinking, okay, what is Beta Radio? Beta Radio, okay, in 2010, Beta Radio was this like, you know, uh, regimented like fenced uh, in. Um, sort of like project where we felt like there were certain rules and we could do this and we couldn't do this and all those things. And now it's just kind of like, it's exciting to me because I feel like we're um, at least, I, I feel less, least, less constrained than I ever have before. And that's exciting. Amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. That's, and that's super cool. And a lot of that from 2010 um, with, with the release when you released, um, Seven Sisters, which by the way is an incredible album. I listened to it all the way through this morning. Um, I read initially you meant for that to be an EP, but then you had some more material, but you were out of money. You talked about saving up the money to go. And so you guys kind of did it and recorded it yourself without knowing how to properly engineer and pr produce that. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think. 
six or seven of the songs on that first record were done in the studio. And then we kind of ran out of money and we had six or seven songs and we didn't know, do we release the, like a long EP type thing or do we add a few more songs and make it a full-length record? Also, quick caveat, um, this was this was back in the day whenever, like I think EPs and singles and records and albums and all that are like so fluid and there's like, there's there's not like any rules for that. Yeah, yet. there's not like it, it, that's not an exciting thing. It doesn't have to be like a ten song record. But oh, no, then it felt like seven songs for an EP feels long. It, it, we, there was just all these rules we thought we had to follow that we don't feel like we have to follow now. Yeah, so so we did the um, we had an EP sort of, and we were thinking it's kind of a confusing ground. We don't know if it's an EP or a long or a short album or what it was. So we we thought, well, why don't we just um, borrow some gear from a friend and try to record it ourselves and see how, what kind of quality we can get out of it. Um, not really knowing how to do anything. We were just reading articles about Sufjan Stevens doing, you know, Michigan and all those on his, his own. And we were thinking, well, gosh, if, if he didn't know what he was doing and he did his, then maybe we can do ours. <laughs> um, so we recorded, we, we bought some mess and uh, was it SM57s? Yeah, we bought two SM57s. Two SM57s and bar- borrowed some uh, borrowed uh, interface from a friend. I think it was M one, <laughs> and um, just uh, try, tried our best to make it sound good. <laughs> <laughs> that that's fascinating. Where you talk about the feeling of being constrained and early on, and some of that being from the knowledge of not knowing to, how to produce these things, also the musical climate of how EPs and like things were being released at that time. And now you've been doing this for over a decade together. What, did it, what has it been like creating music and art together for that long? And how has it evolved? Just like you were talking about. And so I think of, sorry, that's a like very open question. I think of things like, your experimentation with sound. You guys create very sonically pleasing music that you just, every time I hear it, I notice something else, whether it be some like room noise in the recording or a faint car horn or just some, some sort of sound that I don't even know where it came from, but it just adds so much to, to the song and to the moment. And so how has it evolved with that time and with some of the experimentation that you guys have done? Uh, sonically, I think I think one of the yeah one of the big like themes or whatever for us is, or at least for for me, if if I just felt like there were so many rules, um, and now it's like it doesn't feel like there's any rules, and so I think if we can like so, like you said, car horn, like we put that in the song to like indicate like like as like an audio indication of like a like the place that the song was recorded. We, we, we recorded it in our little, we, we've got a little studio on the fifth floor of this like office building in our hometown, this hundred year old building. And um, the windows are like hundred year old windows. So there's a bunch of like sound leaks that come in and we've got these panels we'll put in our, our windows, but um, we take them out from time to time. And so there was just, that was like a, a sound leak. And I think because we're, it, it feels like there's there's less rules. It, uh, there's more, I feel like there's, there's more desire to put 
that that type of stuff in there, like to, to leave leave that type of stuff to leave the little like nuances that, that kind of like indicate the place that the song was recorded and um yeah yeah is that <laughs> did I get totally. off track? No, no, I love that answer and and you talked about you created a visual with that building that that you record in and. How does Wilmington is such a beautiful place? How does Wilmington and all that you're surrounded by influence kind of your your music and your songwriting? What do you think? Um, yeah, Brent just pointed at me That's, again, so I guess he's indicating. <laughs> we've had we've had this question before. We we don't really know how to answer that. Um, I I think that we are more influenced uh, by it subconsciously than we are consciously. Um, okay. I think it's just, th- this is our, our lifestyle is being in here. Like the speed of the town, everything's kind of slow, mostly. Um, I, I think, I think we're just kind of subconsciously shaped by our, the city we live in. It also, we, we don't, um, Wilmington is, or uh, I, I felt we we've talked about a few times we feel isolated down here because this is not like a really m- big music community. Um, it, I think it wants to be, but it's not, and I think it's it can be with some uh, I don't know may, maybe work from folks. We we've talked at, at at length about we wish we had a community, but it's just us. So we're we're, we're sort of like in a little bit of a silo down here. Um, Interesting. And I think that, I think, I think that causes us to almost like fold in on ourselves musically. Um, and yeah, just, just rely on the two of us. And, and, and that, and that, uh, it probably is where some of those sounds come from. Um, yeah. So, so, so Wilmington, yeah, I lo- you know, I was born here. I'm proud to be from here. I don't know if there's a lot of credit I can give to actually Wilmington to like shaping our sound as a as a mute. Interesting. Yeah. No, that's very interesting. That's interesting to be um so isolated there musically. Oh, that's really cool. I really think that's cool to hear and kind of how it's been on your own and like with it credit to you guys because with it not being such a music like hotbed without other people to rely on it's really cool what you guys have created all like organically on your own i think that's really great oh thank you um i i'm very weird I, <laughs> me too <laughs> i'm very i'm very weird in other ways but i'm very weird specifically weird about the stuff that i write and once it is out and published i hardly go back and read what i wrote i don't know why it's like i've read it so much already that I just don't want to go back and like read my words again. But preparing for this and to talk to you guys again, I went back and I read some of what I wrote after seeing you guys last year in New York. And I'm glad that I did because it brought back, brought back some of those feelings from that night. And it was such a special night. And so I'm going to read a little bit of it to you um, and, then, and then ask you something about it. Okay. And so... Um, and so I said, kicking off the set with their song Sitting Room, it felt as though Beta Radio transported a room full of people to a beautiful living room where none, where none of us were strangers. There was part of the show where Benjamin was on stage talking about the magic of a living room show. 
Then he asked us all to close our eyes and picture a living room he described. To my surprise, it was already close to the picture in my mind. The recreation of the living room brought the same magic beta radio described it would. As, as the night went on, songs like Kilimanjaro, Our Remains, Realistic City Living, and Either Way took, took over the room, and it was beautiful. Many of their songs involved searching, of which, in our interview, Benjamin said, I think any time I can hear anyone searching for something in a song, then I immediately identify with it. For all the people in Joe's pub for this concert that were searching for something, the music of Beta Radio gave you the impression that at least in that moment or space and time, you found it. And so you guys went on tour and you created this beautiful like living room. You wanted to be as unplugged as possible, had lamps on a table, a rug, and like those three mics that just sounded so great. Um, it was a really magical evening. Um, you you talked about not having much of a music scene um, where you're from, and a lot of the shows that you did were living room shows like that. Can you explain some of the magic that's there in the living room show? Hmm. Uh, you, oh, you mean like an actual like like living room inside of a not like a Joe's Pub, but uh... yeah, yeah, like where you guys started. That, I felt like I was in a live like. Joe's Pub, I was no longer in Joe's Pub. It felt like a living room show, but I'm like, it probably only was half of the magic, but, oh, but in like so an evening cool. like that. Yeah, that's what me and Ben have been trying to achieve for years, is trying, or ta- at least talking about for years, about how can we take the living room and put it in a venue? Because they're, they're not the same. They're, mm-hmm. It's very hard to have an intimate show and like as as intimate as you can the 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 um living room shows have a built-in atmosphere to them that's warm and like inviting and most of the time most of the time <laughs> um, yeah sometimes it's just a weird sometimes couple hours just, uh, yeah <laughs> you gotta get through it um but uh yeah if, if you can if we try we try to achieve this intimacy as as much as we can and the living room shows that just it comes so natural that we're we've been trying to do that in venues and we're still trying to figure out you know the bigger the venue it doesn't scale very well yeah so we're trying to figure out how to get it to scale the thing that we we really like the we really like doing shows in living rooms because um there's for one it's it's us sitting in a room with, you know, it's a living room. You're in a room with 50 or, or so other people that you don't really know. And so you, it's like you're, you're, the goal is to bring these people on a journey. And to do that, you have to, like, like if we're sitting down and these people don't know us and they're in a space together, there's a lot of opportunity for there to be awkwardness or there to be, like, uncomfortability. And so... Uh, or uncomfortableness. I don't know which one of those is the right one. <laughs> um, but uh, I think if 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 there's a way to like quickly subvert expectations and disarm um, folks, and I know even me, I, you know, I'm, I'm in that situation. I'm kind of like if I was an audience member, it, it would it would be like my mind my mind would quickly be judging what was happening. Um, and what, you know, in trying to like sort of assess the situation. And if, if we can, if you can get past that, like 
get get a get a room full of people to kind of like zone in on what you're doing. You can you we can together experience this night. It's not like not like where at a at a venue we would be singing to an audience. It's like at a house show we're singing in an audience. Um, um and so I I I don't know. It just feels like there's a lot more opportunity for an emotional connection and a meaningful experience. Um, and that's, uh, I think I'm, I, I sort of get obsessed with like meaning, like the meaning of things. Um, but I, I think in, um, in a venue show, um, we've got, what am I trying to say? In a venue show, there's, there's just less opportunity for connection because you're, you're on a stage, you're behind a mic, everything's plugged in. And there's so many like separate, like subconscious indicators to an audience that there's like a separation. But in a, in a, in a house, it's like there's so much less separation. Um, and that is really exciting. Yeah. And, and it's incredible because, because you, you were able to create that at least for that night for, for me and I feel like it's a when when I feel that I feel like generally the crowd does and like I said no one no one felt like strangers that night there was this weird unspoken connection even though I didn't know anyone in the room um and so I think I think it's really just a beautiful concept um but like I said about I, I used that quote from you in there that was about that anyone searching for something in a song you immediately identify with and so how has creating music for you guys both caused you to remain searching, but also help you find what you're searching for if it has? Okay. Can you repeat the question one more time? Yeah. How has creating music together both caused you to remain searching, but also help you find maybe things that you've been searching for? <laughs> Go ahead, Brent. <laughs> I'm trying to wrap my head around the question. <laughs> Um, I am too. Yeah. How how has writing music together kept kept the searching? And what was the second part of that? But also helped you find what you're searching for, because because in our interview, Ben, I used a quote from him that talked about how he's anyone searching for something in a song he immediately identifies with. So I wanted to hear a little bit more about kind of that path. For we talked a little bit about it last time, but how sir how creating music causes you to always kind of remain searching for, for something, but also maybe a time where it's, it's helped you like find that also through music. So um, one of the things that I've noticed for me is what, what helps me is to, um, uh, to create an atmosphere to walk in, like in the music. And so I think for me, my searching recently has just been um, like atmospheres. Like what kind of atmospheres can I create that I want to live in for a few minutes? Um, and like ju just, just create something that I can get lost in or just like to take me on a journey or to just to where I, to where it makes me feel multiple things and um and that's that's kind of been my journey of like um, writing recently has just been where where can I uh, what what kind of places can I create to 
walk around in. Um, and I think that that's kind of kept me finding new things, finding new chord progressions and finding new sounds. Um, uh, as far as working together, I think, I think, I mean, I could, I could create an atmosphere that I like, um, but, uh, to, to create an atmosphere that me and Ben both like, um, is a, a challenge, but I also think is what makes it even better and more beautiful. That's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you. Um, you guys released the new song Friday, which I was so excited for and kind of just yearning for. And I didn't know that I didn't know that before it came, but you released destined to pretend that came out this Friday. Some of the lyrics in it, I've just have loved and just had stuck in my head. I loved you're an arms, you're an arm length away, but out of reach. All of my thoughts at once were tangled. Um, as my soul unspooled like a string here, all eternal moments wait. What can you tell me about that song and the story you're you're telling through it? Mm, what can I tell you about the song? <laughs> um, so I w- I would say that it's, it's just, the song is like just broad strokes uh, is meditation on like hope and hope through sorrow or pain. Um, and uh, hope through the, the one of the lines is the collapse you felt around your soul, and like hope through that feeling. Yeah. So, um, and and which you know, yeah. So I, I feel like that would be <laughs> that would be my answer to that. Perfect. No, and it, and it it is. I've really enjoyed the song, and it's very deep in in a lot of the lyrics, and. Um, I think I think a lot like I love that it's it's a message of hope through the really hard feelings and and I imagine that something like that can can sometimes be be hard to to write about and and feelings like those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um now now I want to go more to what what you what's coming up or actually I have a question that I that I didn't write down but it just came to my mind and I have to ask and it's a little bit more more fun. Okay. It's you guys were on Heart of Dixie after after your first album. <laughs> you got attention of a TV show, and you were on Heart of Dixie. What can you tell me about some of that appearance, and and what how was that in in a show like that? It's so funny. Yeah, that show is. Or, or I mean, we were super grateful, and uh, I, I'm I don't, they don't make it anymore. We were on the first two episodes. We had songs in the first episode, and the first one we were in the first episode. So, anyone listening out there, if you want to see Brent and I ten years ago, go watch Heart of Dixie on Netflix. Also, if you go watch Heart, if you watch Heart of Dixie on Netflix, uh, I imagine that Brent and I will be, you know, making a, a couple extra cents in royalty checks. Um, <laughs> so, so there, yeah, that that kind of came about. Um, Wilmington is was was and is becoming again. I think. Uh, like a big hub for television shows. Yeah. Um, so they they filmed that here. Um, and one of the guys, like he was interning or working as an IT guy at the, the movie studio in town and um, Screen Gems. And uh, he was a friend of ours and shared the um, 
shared the Seven Sisters record with one of the, like the director of the episode. And so he, we had a meeting with him and he asked us to record a song, like a waltz, because they were going to waltz to it. So a song in three, four time. And so we just kind of recorded, the song was, uh, what was the name of that song? The the first one we did. The one they wanted us to cover? No, no, no. The one we wrote. Um, oh, it was on. Golly, what was oh, the name of that? Mangroves. Oh, the mangroves. The, the mangroves. mangroves. Yeah. Um, so we did that one, and uh, yeah, it was it was cool. It was kind of like you know, if 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 any of the listeners are between the age of like fourteen and like fourteen and a half, then then they would <laughs> they would they would appreciate the show. I'm sure. <laughs> well my sister my sister watched the show so i had to ask is because my sister really liked that show oh cool and How so, so um she's she's older but she watched it back when i was just graduating high school i okay. remember i remember walking by the tv and that being on and then sentai would see it on netflix and i'm like oh that's the show she always watched yeah 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 and it so, was uh, <laughs> it was what, what it's funny um we uh we did a big tour with a band called Good Old War. Um and the very first time I heard of that that band, we were was on the set of Heart of Dixie. We were um we were recorded we were like doing our little scene and uh one of the main actors in the show, Jamie King, um said something to us about, Hey, you guys sound like Good Old War and I was like, What is Good Old War? And then uh it, yeah, it was just funny. It's it's like a it was sort of like a like a uh you know not a touchstone but just like a like a moment in time that was significant but that was one of the only things i remember about that wow so and then and then you know years later we went on tour with them so that was was (laughs) that's so funny that's very interesting (laughs) um that's cool well thank you for entertaining that because my sister will be really happy to hear if if anyone will i think it's funny wilmington i my 14 year old me was in love with one tree hill that was filmed in Wilmington. And oh, so, oh here, here you go. Anytime someone mentions One Street Hill, I feel obligated to mention that um, <laughs> Brent, Brent knows where I'm going. Uh, <laughs> I, so I, I was in that show. What? Yeah. So, so tell, tell your listeners to go watch that show, too, and it'll get me more royalty checks. <laughs> uh, so I was, yeah, tell them the part. <laughs> what, what, what part did you say? It was It was a little one-liner. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it was it was some it was one line. Um, <laughs> you, you can edit this part out too. <laughs> no, I, I'm actually fascinated. What what was the part? It was I, I was walking and it was in the back of my head, and I was talking to one of the. Her name is Haley. I don't know her real name. I just remember okay. the, what, my line was five minutes Haley. Um, <laughs> and it was just riveting. And so, that's, that's so funny. Wow, what season? How do I find it? Oh man, I don't. It was uh, one one of the last three or four. I don't even know. I'll it track was, it. I'll track it down. Was it something that show had a lot of music? Was it something to do with music at the time, or? Uh, I don't even really know, man. I I really don't even know. I um, I don't know. <laughs> wow. But it well, was, yeah, it was it was something. Um, I guess you could probably go on IMDb and search, just search my name because that's on there. But uh, wow. Yeah, I don't know anything more about it, to be honest. <laughs> that is so funny. Okay, well, do you mind if I keep it in there? Because I feel like beta radio fans need to know about your appearance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, perfect. I want to ask, I have a few more questions. I wanted to ask, of course, you guys are in the studio today. Um, what's next? What's upcoming for Beta Radio? Um, uh, we, well, we just finished a, um, we just finished the second song. It's for- getting mixed and mastered right now. Um, it's, and it's going to be released in Weeks. I don't know. I guess a uh, month or so. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're 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 doing like a six month or six week every. Trying trying to do like six week turnaround time for um awesome. for a while. Like, I think. It, like like we said, we we've um, it's been we feel less constrained like to like put out a record and just more like let's just put out music and then and then you know if it if it if it's a single if it's an EP if it's an album you know it is what it is and just awesome it, yeah. So we so we have one that we just finished and we're um working on one that we have to have done in a couple weeks or several weeks. Um so and and you know, from there on it's just every every several weeks we're trying to have, you know, a song done here and a song done there. So hopefully some consistent music for a while. Awesome. Well well that's certainly music to to my ears, and I know I'm not alone in that. Um I have five questions in the podcast. I decided to end it. I have five questions that I'm going to end um, every interview with. Um, they're pretty quick. Some are silly. So just be prepared. Um, the, the first one is if you had to choose breakfast food, lunch food, or dinner food for every meal you're eating, breakfast food, lunch, and only, only that sort of foods that are associated with things that you would eat for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, which meal would you choose? Dinner. Yeah, I I love breakfast, but I couldn't eat it for every meal, so I would say dinner too. Yeah, that's that's the hard part. Is is I I'm a big breakfast first, and then I started thinking about it, and I'm like, you can't really have the most healthy lifestyle with breakfast. Mm-hmm. But I can't give up hash browns, and I don't even eat <laughs> hash browns that much. I joked about this in the last episode of the podcast. Listeners will get annoyed, but I don't even eat hash browns that much. But I don't want to live without them. Um, <laughs> the second I asked you guys this in the last interview, um, I didn't have it in print and it's your go-to karaoke song or go-to favorite song to cover. Oh, favorite song to cover. Um, well, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe my go-to karaoke song would not be my favorite song to cover. Um, interesting. I, I say one or the other because some people despise karaoke. I found out after asking, but I still I have such fun answers that I've just carried it over every interview. Uh, fav- let's let's go with favorite song to cover. What do you think, Brent? Oh man, we don't really cover a lot. We, you know what we we do. One of the songs we always return to is a band we we loved in the beginning or I still love, but kind of the, the uh, we. When we first started hanging out, we started listening to the Simon, Simon and Garfunkel's Greatest Hits record. Okay. Um, and so there's a song on there called the 59th Street Bridge Song, and we kind of oh, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll return to that from time to time, because that's just a fun one. It's fun. It's quick. It's light, and it's just really like beautiful. It's a beautiful yeah. song. Yeah. So so I, that would be my that would what, what I would that's, that's what I would say. I probably agree with that. That's one that I would love to hear um, you guys do, and so that's really cool. That's a great song to choose. I remember, I remember that question because 
because mine was that I, I don't have a karaoke song because I don't really care for karaoke. <laughs> yep. So that's what, since then I've added in a cover song, and so, <laughs> but but yeah, that was that, that was exactly right. You know, you said I don't like singing outside of being behind someone singing, so I don't really have one. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow, that's funny. Um, but yeah, and then the third question is when you are on tour, what are some guilty pleasures you have, whether it's, um, just a certain way you like to travel, if it's maybe like after a show, you like to go either the diner or just certain things, or maybe like a pre-show ritual. Pre-show ritual. Uh, uh, vocal, I mean, this is kind of boring, but vocal warmups are always really important to me. And it's like, it is, it is a bit of a ritual. Uh, like, like there's a specific way I go about it, but yeah, that, that would be my answer. Awesome. Um, I can't really think of any rituals that I would have three show rituals. And any guilty pleasures on tour? You, you love the gummies at the gas station, maybe like some food sort of thing. Yes. Actually, this is in my everyday life, but in um, on the road especially, is um, white Reese's. <laughs> oh, white, those the mini ones, but they have to be the unwrapped minis. Whoa! I didn't even. They have white unwrapped minis. Yes, and they are like the ratio to to peanut butter to white chocolate is probably the best thing ever, and I have to have like a bag with me at all times while I'm on the road. I'm not that Interesting. bad. I can, I can sustain, you know, with, with just a few here and there, but when I'm, <laughs> on the, I like eat those, like the minis by the handful. <laughs> Where do you find those? Because I love the white Reese's. Random I can't find bathroom. them anywhere. <laughs> Random, Random ones. Them. Um, like, like the really big gas stations usually have them. Like, like the, uh, <laughs> like pilot. Yeah. Yeah, pilot. Let me amend my answer because there's another ritual for Ben. I think (laughs) I just I just thought of another ritual that I I don't uh, I didn't include. Um, I whenever we go to a new state, I always pick up a a refrigerator magnet. Really? Um, Yeah. So I've got there's a bunch of states that I've missed because I've forgotten, but I think I've gotten like thirty something magnets. Wow. Um, so so whenever we have time, I'll get a new fridge magnet. Okay. Um, Are they on your fridge or? Oh, yeah. They're definitely on my fridge. Wow. That's cool. That's a really cool one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Number so four. There's, there's rules. Sorry. Like, I have to buy it. Um, look, I've sort of imposed little rules. Like, I have to buy it uh, in the state. Like, before we leave the state to go to the next show, I have to buy it. Um, on tour, like I can't like play, like I couldn't play in Nebraska and then order it online because I played there. You have to buy it, you know, at the time of the tour. Interesting. And only on the tour that we're on. Like if we if we toured Nebraska, uh, you know, a year ago, I couldn't buy it this time. So yeah. wow, interesting. Okay, I love that. That's a, that's a really really cool. Um, that's a cool collection piece too. Um. Number four is one band that's currently that's not currently together that you'd want to hear one more EP from. Oh gosh, oh, uh, Living or Dead. Um, let's go. 
living. If you have to, if you have to, you can go dead. Uh, I would say, uh, hands down, the Beatles for me. But even though half of them. Well, yeah. If if it's if it's living or dead. Living. Oh, my answer would be the Beatles too. Yeah, no, I'll I'll accept that because I think that's what I would go to with the question. So, um, so that's great. And then number five, the last question is: is who's an interesting guest that you think I should have on the Road Trip Playlist podcast? Hmm. Mm. Oh golly. Uh. Wow, I'm stumped. I have no idea. What do you think? Um. I always like hearing interviews with um, David Bazan comes to mind. Awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm down. Gosh. I, uh, I don't even know. I really, I, I feel like, <laughs> let me think about it and I'll email you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate your time. It's it's a pleasure every time I speak with you guys. I love your music. I loved your show, um, and I listen to it often. And so, so thank you again for. I was happy to remember the memories from the show, and then, um, yeah, just your music's so great. Yeah, man. Thank you for being yeah. interested in in what we do. Oh, always. Yeah, you guys are great. Thank you. Cool, man. Well, right, uh, have a good one. Yeah, we'll, Sorry. we'll uh, maybe we'll talk sooner than later. I hope so. Yeah, I always, I always like leave. Like, I don't want the conversation to end. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, hey, take care. You too. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thank you again for listening to the Road Trip Playlist podcast, and thank you to Beta Radio for joining me. I loved learning more about Beta Radio. I of course loved to learn that Ben had made an appearance on one of my favorite shows, One Tree Hill. But especially especially with the creation of Beta Radio, I've learned how they feel less constrained as they continue to make music and experiment a little bit more, and that there's less rules that they have to follow. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. I'd love to hear what you think or guess you recommend in the, in the review section. Next week, our interview will be with the winner of the Season 8 of NBC's The Voice, Sawyer Fredericks.